Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Folks, the spirit of truth has come. Not just because we celebrated Pentecost or the coming of the spirit last Sunday with a picnic, but because of the work God has done with Jesus and the Holy Spirit present before the foundation of the earth. The question is, will we listen to the spirit that is already in our midst and act on what we hear? This week, I had the honor to speak at Canuga for the Province 4 ECW conference. I was asked to speak on this at this particular conference because of the work we have done here at St. James on sacred ground. The theme was Becoming Beloved Community, Where You Are, a theme that the National Church has been asking us to embrace for several years now. Sacred Ground, which we will continue to offer, is a tremendous part of that work. But it is not the only work that needs to be done. And the question remains, will we listen to the Spirit and act on what we hear, even if we don't have complete understanding? In one of the five sessions I presented, I likened becoming aware of our need for racial healing to that of grief work. Not original with me, it's taken straight out of the sacred ground material. But many of you are familiar with the five stages of grief. There's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And one of the areas we often get stuck in is that of what we refer to as depression, where we just throw up our hands and say, it's too big, racial healing will never happen, it doesn't matter what I do, it's never enough, so I'm just gonna give up trying, y'all quit talking about it. Some of you may be saying that about me right now. I get it, I've been there. And there are still times when I cycle right back through that depression, thinking it's just nothing I can do to ever make a difference. So why keep trying? Then I think about the Trinity and what they must be saying about all of humanity. There have to be days that the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit get together and throw up their hands or wings or whatever they have and say, those poor little humans, they will never get along. Why did we even create them? Which is basically what the writer of Psalm 8 acknowledges. As I look at the work of your heavens, the moon, the stars, and everything in it, what are human beings that you are mindful of them? Why do you care about us? Psalm 8, and one reason I wanted to include it this morning, is a human response to the wisdom of Proverbs 8. But both of our readings turn us toward our attention toward the cosmic realm, trying to describe the indescribable, and all they have are words to do it. Coming down from heaven a bit, and off my high horse, 
As humans, we can't help but sometimes ask the question as we try to understand the concept of God as Father, as Son, and God as Holy Spirit. It's just too big. Other religions, especially our Muslim friends, think we have three gods. While this is not true, the more we try to explain the concept, the deeper we bog down. So we could throw up our hands saying, it's just above me to understand. Or we can accept the glimpse of the concept of the Trinity that we do see, the moon, the stars, suspended in space, and not use our lack of a full comprehension as an excuse to give up on our faith or to quit coming to church just because we can't grasp every aspect of it. Racial healing, much like grief work and, and our faith, does not have a linear path to understanding. And we can't give up just because we don't see any possible path to healing. Rather, we continue because Jesus called us to. He called us to love God and our neighbor. And he didn't say just to love the people that look and act like we do or to love only the people we like. In our liturgical cycle, Trinity Sunday is a bit of an anomaly as it pretty much stands alone because it focuses on a doctrine of the church rather than on the unfolding story of God's redeeming action in Jesus. We begin our year at Advent, followed by the birth. We go through the waters of baptism, transfiguration, and into the church. Lent cycles back through Passion Week, where the journey culminates at Easter as we celebrate resurrection and new life. A couple weeks ago, the calendar marked Jesus' ascension into heaven and finally the sending of the Spirit at Pentecost, which we not only celebrated last Sunday, but where we're called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit during ordinary times. Today, on this Trinity Sunday, the church attempts to pull it all together. And the best exclamation I have found for it is that Trinity is relational. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from the very first chapter of Genesis to the last in Revelation. Our short gospel reading makes no attempt to explain the Trinity, primarily because the word was not used until long after Jesus had ascended into heaven. But the concept of Trinity being relational is very much present. And that's what lays the important groundwork for us in our continuing work as a church. The church is about relationship, not only in our parish or our diocese, whom we, which we hosted last week, the province of about 20 churches in our group, 20 dioceses, excuse me, or even the national church. But it is also about relationship with the world. 
the writer of Proverbs, the psalmist, and John the evangelist invite us to live into God's future, holding that tension of that indescribable mystery, the vast expanse of the heavens, alongside our call to move the church on earth with all its struggles forward in love. But we will need to listen to the Spirit to recognize our call. The labyrinth, which we will dedicate on this property on June 21st, is just one tool to help us listen. As we walk the labyrinth, we find it is not a straight path. We travel around corners, make sharp turns. Sometimes we have to step out of the way to make space for others as we pass fellow sojourners or um, travelers. We double back into quadrants that we've already visited before. And just when we think we're getting close to the center, which represents the heart of God, our path may turn and take us out in another direction. As we walk the labyrinth and relate it to our journey to becoming beloved community, we may find that we begin with good intentions, then get distracted. And sometimes because of too many good things going on. We have a lot of good going on here at St. James. And it may be tempting to just say, it's too much, it's enough. But if we will remain on the path, we, are, we will eventually arrive at the center, to the heart of God, where we're invited to pause and receive God's grace, to bask in all the majesty and wonder about which the psalmist speaks. But may we pause and rest in the center for a while, but eventually, the truth that we hear and accept as ours is meant to be shared with the world. The path always leads us back into the world, but not alone, however, but in the power of the Holy Spirit and with one another. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Let us stand.